Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Today is Saturday, December 23rd. If you happen to keep up with the recording and releasing of these, and as I reflect on 2023, I've been asking myself, do I do I really trust God? No, I'm not destruct, deconstructing. Uh, no, I'm not dealing with doubts. But much like we sometimes pray, Lord, if there's any sin in me that I'm not aware of, I'm asking, praying, Lord, do we, do I really trust you? Like, really trust you? Like, experience your power, trust you. Like, know that you will make this mess work out for your glory and our good. Trust you. My friends, if God is good and is a God who speaks, who am I to levy moral complaints against him? It all comes down to trust. Who gets to be God? That's the question to ask when it's hard. And I confess it's been hard for me of <laughs> late. Welcome to episode 2202. And uh, we are now officially like getting caught up. And uh, today is the next slice of our journey through the Bible in a year time together. We're actually going to kind of blow our numbers out of the water. And uh, if you're new here, um, thank you. It isn't always like this. I'm not always recording from a hotel room in Hungary, Budapest, Hungary, as I'm on my honeymoon. That was a unique part of this year, et cetera, et cetera. So today we're going to dive in, uh, pick up where we left off yesterday. John chapter six in our New Testament reading, we're picking up at verse 60. And as you're hearing, going to hear, um, there's some hard stuff, right? Jesus just got done telling people that they've got to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And if they don't, they're not going to heaven. And there's some people going, huh? <laughs> right. So uh, interestingly, here where that goes, John chapter six, picking up in verse 60. Therefore, when many of his disciples heard this, they said, this teaching is hard. Who can accept it? Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, asked them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to observe the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? The Spirit, capital one, the Spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning those who did not believe and the one who would betray him. He said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. From that moment on, Many of his disciples turned back 
and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus said to the twelve, You don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus replied to them, Didn't I choose you, the twelve, yet yet one of you is a devil? And he was referring to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, one of the twelve, because he was going to betray Jesus. After this, Jesus traveled in Galilee, since he did not want to travel in Judea, because the Jews were trying to kill him. The Jewish festival of shelters was near, so his brothers said to him, Leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples can see your works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he's seeking public recognition. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. Parentheses. For not even his brothers believed in him. I'm just going to point out, my friends, that's, that's exactly what Mark said in Mark chapter 3. When his family heard about this. They set out to restrain him because they said he's out of his mind. That's Mark 3.21. Kind of crazy, right? That somebody really close to you goes, who doesn't know you? And here's, yet here's Peter going, wait a minute, to whom would we go? You. You are the Holy One of God. Continuing. Jesus told them, My time has not yet arrived, but your time is always at hand. The world cannot hate you, but it does hate me because I testify about it that its works are evil. Go up to the festival. I'm not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. After he said these things, he stayed in Galilee. And I will just pause right there. That gets us up through chapter 7, verse 9. And uh, I'll just point this out. Remember that uh, later he says, the world hates you because it hates me, right? And here we just heard him say, well, the world can't hate you, but it does hate me. It's because uh, of where we're at in the story. So don't think the Bible has a contradiction there. Uh, And ultimately... That's probably a lesson for us because the the statement, the later statement, is one that would apply to a New Testament believer, which is, in a sense, they don't hate you, but they hate Jesus in you because they hate, uh, because he exposes them, right? As he just said, it does hate me because I testify about it that its works are evil and that's it my friends i i grew up i i I should say growing up i'm not sure that i ever could have imagined the state of the united states being where it's at and evil is so utterly in your face it's not hiding anymore it's like it used to like be like rats scattering from the light. Now it's just darkness and rats getting in your face. 
but I know whom I have believed, and he is able to keep that which has been entrusted to us, and thereby us. We pick up today in our Old Testament reading in Deuteronomy chapter 21, and um, I, I just... I'm just going to start right here. This is this is an image of redemption, in terms of where we where we pick up. Um, chapter twenty one, verse fifteen. If a man has two wives, one loved and the other neglected, and both the loved and the neglected bear him sons. And if the neglected wife has the firstborn son, when that man gives what he has to his sons as an inheritance, he is not to show favoritism to the son of the beloved wife as his firstborn over the firstborn of the neglected wife. He must acknowledge the firstborn, the son of the neglected wife, by giving him two shares of his estate, for he is the first fruits of his virility. He, meaning the son, has the rights of the firstborn. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who does not obey his father or mother and doesn't listen to them even after they discipline him, his father and mother are to take hold of him and bring him to the elders of his city, to the gate of the hometown. And they will say to the elders of his city, this son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He doesn't obey us. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all of the men of his city will stone him to death. You must purge the evil from you, and all Israel will hear and be afraid. (laughs) Uh, Believe it or not, to me, my friends, there is a message of redemption in there. Why? Because we understand how serious God's holy standard is, and thereby how we don't live up why we need grace. Continuing. If anyone is found guilty of an offense deserving the death penalty and is executed and you hang his body on a tree, you are not to leave his corpse on the tree overnight, but are to bury him that day. For anyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. You must not defile the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance. Now, how's that for redemptive? Do you remember why there was a rush to take down people off of the tree, right? Off the cross (laughs) before the Sabbath? Ah, there you go. Continuing. If you see your brother Israelite's ox or sheep straying, don't ignore it. Make sure you return it to your brother. If your brother does not live near you and you or you don't know him, you are to bring the animal to your home and remain to remain with you until your brother comes looking for it, and then you can return it to him. Do the same for his donkey, his garment, or anything your brother has lost and you have found. You must not ignore it. If you see your brother's donkey or ox fallen down on the road, don't ignore it. Help him lift it up. All right, my friends, I'm going to pause. Uh, This was a little passage about caring for your brother's property, but I want you to notice one thing here. If your brother doesn't live near you or you don't know him, did you catch that? Um, 
Do you think it is all interesting here how the injunction is to take care of the person you don't know who is part of your family, right? In a New Testament context, I believe this below, this applies to the church, the principle, not the moral, not the civil law, right? The principle is, wait a minute, so-and-so is part, is a believer, is part of the church, I think when John or when John writes about Jesus praying not once but twice in John 17 about unity in the church I think that touches down for us in a lot of ways that that we just fail to we just fail at there we go all right next section preserving natural distinctions this one should get some cult- cultural undies in a bunch here we go A woman is not to wear male clothing, and a man is not to put on a woman's garment. For everyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord your God. If you come across a bird's nest with chicks or eggs, either in a tree or on the ground along the road, and the mother is sitting on the chicks or eggs, don't take the mother along with the young. You may take the young for yourself, but be sure to let the mother go free so that you may prosper and live long. If you build a new house, Make a railing around your roof so that you don't bring blood guilt on your house if someone falls from it. Do not plant your vineyard with two types of seed. Otherwise, the entire harvest, both the crop you plant and the produce of the vineyard, will be defiled. Do not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Do not wear clothes made of both wool and linen. Make tassels on the four corners of your the outer garment you wear. If a man marries a woman, has sexual relations with her, and comes to hate her, and accuses her of shameful conduct, and gives her a bad name, saying, I married this woman and was intimate with her, but I didn't find any evidence of her virginity, the young woman's father and mother will take the evidence of her virginity and bring it to the city elders at the city gate. The young woman's father will say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man as a wife, but he hates her. He has accused her of shameful conduct, saying, I didn't find any evidence of your daughter's virginity. But here is the evidence of my daughter's virginity, and they will spread out the cloth before the city elders, and then the elders of that city will take the man and punish him. They will also fine him a hundred silver shekels and give them to the young woman's father, because that man gave an Israelite virgin a bad name. (laughs) Don't be giving virgins bad name. All right, I'm just breaking it up. She will remain his wife, but he cannot divorce her as long as he lives. What is the point there, my friends? I mean, we think, oh, man, she should get away from this nincompoop. No, he he had financial responsibility for her. And this was a, uh, this was, remember that, how we read yesterday, how he can't just go like selling and getting rid of her because he didn't like her, right? That's him abdicating his his duty as a male in a culture 3,500 years ago. And in this case, this legal injunction, this stipulation is saying, no, you got to fulfill what you said you'd do. She will remain his wife, but he, he cannot divorce her as long as he lives. But if this accusation is true and no evidence is found of the young woman's virginity, they will bring the woman to the door of her father's house and the men of her, her city will stone her to death. 
for she has committed an outrage in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her father's house. You must purge the evil from you. If a man is discovered having sexual relations with another man's wife, both the man who had sex with the woman and the woman must die. You must purge the evil from Israel. If there is a young woman who is a virgin engaged to a man and another man encounters her in the city and sleeps with her, take the two of them out to the city gate to the gate of that city and stone them to death. The young, young woman, because she didn't cry out in the city and the man, because he violated his neighbor's fiance, you must purge the evil from you. But if the man encounters an engaged woman in the open country and he seizes and rapes her, only the man who raped her must die. Do nothing to the young woman because she is not guilty of an offense deserving death. This case is just like the one in which a man attacks his neighbor and murders him. When he found her in the field, the engaged woman cried out, but there was no one to rescue her. If a man encounters a young woman, a virgin who is not engaged, takes hold of her and rapes her, and they are discovered, the man who raped her is to give the young woman's father 50 shekels, and she will become his wife because he violated her. He cannot divorce her as long as he lives. A man is not to marry his father's wife. He must not violate his father's marriage bed. No man whose testicles have been crushed or whose penis has been... <laughs> is a this is the keeping it real junior high school boy moment reading the bible and i'm just going to leave all that in there because um if you and i were having a cup of coffee and that's what we're doing uh that's where we'd be at <laughs> 14 more verses and we'll get to our wisdom segment no man whose testicles have been crushed or whose penis has been cut off may enter the lord's assembly no one of illegitimate a legitimate birth may enter the Lord's assembly. None of his descendants, even to the 10th generation, may enter the Lord's assembly. No Ammonite or Moabite may enter the Lord's assembly. None of their descendants, even to the 10th generation, may ever enter the Lord's assembly. This is because they did not meet you with food and water on the journey after you came out of Egypt, and because Balaam, son of Beor from Pethor in Aram Naharaim, was hired to curse you. Yet the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam because he turned the curse but he turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loves you. Never pursue their welfare or prosperity as long as you live. Do not despise an Edomite because he is your brother. Do not despise an Egyptian because you are a resident alien in his land. The children born to them in the third generation may enter the Lord's assembly. When you are encamped against your enemies, be careful to avoid anything offensive. If there is a man among you who is unclean because of a bodily emission during the night, he must go outside the camp. He may not come anywhere inside the camp. When evening approaches, he is to wash with water, and the, when the sun sets, he may come inside the camp. You are to have a place outside the camp and go there to relieve yourself. You are to have a digging tool in your equipment. When you relieve yourself, dig a hole with it and cover up your excrement. For the Lord your God walks throughout your camp. <laughs> It doesn't want to step in your poop. <laughs> oh, I'm ready for some Christmas. For the Lord your God walks throughout your camp to protect you and deliver your enemies to you. <laughs> so your encampments must be holy. He must not see anything indecent among you or he will turn away from you. <laughs> My friends, I'm just... I'm just getting the bottom of the barrel here today. 
and my nose is all stuffed up from my this stupid sinus infection. And we're going to close out with Psalm 6 and pray that the Lord redeems your detestable podcast host. Psalm 6, for the choir director with stringed instruments, according to Sheminith, a psalm of David. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are shaking. My whole being is shaken with terror, and you, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, rescue me. Save me because of your faithful love. For there is no remembrance of you in death. Who can thank you in Sheol? I am weary from my groaning. With, with my tears, I dampen my bed and drench my couch every night. My eyes are swollen from grief. They grow old because of all my enemies. Depart from me, all evildoers, for the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea for help. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be ashamed and shake with terror. They will turn back and suddenly be disgraced. Lord God, as we move into this Christmas season, Lord, I just pray that you will help us to see you more clearly. Despite the irreverence of this podcast host, Lord, help us to, first and foremost, trust you. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.